Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. It's always harder to start when you're here. I don't know why. On a drum roll or something? No, that seems like you're just placating me though. <laughs> okay, that did work. Welcome to She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today I have with me Kirby Brunswick. Hello, happy Valentine's Day. Did you say Valentine's? Well, yeah, the girls like to say it that way. Okay, so but nobody Valentine's. else listening knows that. <laughs> So they just go, does Kirby not know that it's an N? (laughs) We get weird, like, sound things in our family or, like, jokes that go off something. Like, we we say Valentine's Day. We talk about the Christmas. The Christmas. (laughs) Groundhog. Groundhog. groundhog? Yep. We got into a... Hopefully every family has, I think we got into a long conversation about the Bud Light night during the Super oh, Bowl. Okay, that is just your... Charlie loves weird. it, too. So for as long as I've known Kirby, he's had an obsession with, like, a play on how, um, like, a, a word that can be reused many different... You're just e- going to have to go into re- an example. Either repeating words or repeating sounds. So you can say the word buffalo... I think the example is you can say the word buffalo five times in a row and it's a sound English sentence. And I think I was able to stretch it with punctuation to seven. Right. Because so, buffalo is like a verb. So, yeah, buffalo is a verb, a noun, and a location. So you can say that buffalo from buffalo, do the act of buffaloing to buffalo from buffalo. Yeah. So to shorten that would be buffalo, 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 buffalo. But you can add two more if they're addressing the buffalo, buffalo. So if you're getting their attention and you say, buffalo, buffalo. Yeah. And then the Bud Light night. We talked about the, it'd be great if there was a Bud Light night, night light. And then you would say, good night. You would say night, night to the Bud Light night, night light. (laughs) Back up, ladies. He's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I had something happen to me this morning that I just feel really compelled. I'm going to do like the influencer thing of like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I am giving anyone who needs to hear this permission to throw out their underwear that doesn't fit them anymore. So (laughs) did not know where that was going. Did not expect that to be it. So I was getting dressed for the gym and I put on like fresh underwear and leggings and this and that. And like, I had this thought of like, Ooh, 
these don't make me feel like they're, they're tight and they cut in weird spots and whatever. And so then I got home and I showered and then I got redressed and obviously clean newer underwear that I had recently ordered a large in. And mm. that was kind of like a big deal because I identified as a medium underwear girl. And I put them on and I'm just like, these make me feel so much more comfortable. Like I don't put them on and think like, oh, these are large. Like, I'm just like, these make me feel better. And so I just, I'm going to go through my underwear at some point this weekend, probably, and, and throw out, well, I don't know. Do guys not do this? I feel like women hold on to underwear for so long. Oh yeah. So guys, long. guys hold on to underwear for a long time. And then we've got these like stupid sexy pieces that never get worn, but we hold on to them just in case, but we don't wear them because they like cut into us weird. And you're like, mm, Nobody wants to see this. And like, so yeah, so I'm just. I'll be the judge of that. Right. I mean, for your wife. That sounded like you were offering to be the judge for everyone. Oh, God, no. And that is, that's inappropriate. Send your submissions to God. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So when I was thinking about what the topic we should do for Valentine's Day, I obviously Valentine's. knew. Is this going to be a problem? <laughs> All right. Um, is this another Austin, Massachusetts thing? Oh, that's my favorite. It's my least favorite. <laughs> I know. So, anyways, when I was thinking, like, obviously for our Valentine's episode, you and I needed to do an episode together. And then I was like, well, what should we talk about? Naturally, I thought of six different ways that you and I could improve our relationship as cohabitants in there. So, six yeah. ways that we suck as humans. Yeah, things we're trying on. Maybe we've learned some things we can share, <laughs> but definitely not there. I think the point is the preface that, like, we don't want you to think that Kirby and I have our shit figured out. God, who does? Whenever people say we that happy. they do. We're yeah. happy. We love each other. Yes. On, well, and that's the thing. is like, on the whole, yeah, you when you come back to that, like, yes, we are happy, and yes, we're working. <laughs> but I, whenever anyone goes, like, let me tell you how to fix your marriage or bulletproof oh, your marriage, God, yeah. it's usually, like, in a book about 30 seconds before they get divorced. Well, so. yes, that's, like, the thing. <laughs> like, Rachel Hollis and Dave were, like, selling a course on fixing their marriage, and, like, the joke is, like, once you renew your vows or... But we renewed our vows. Mm-hmm. That was... On the side of a trail. Well, somebody, like, was trying to pee. <laughs> Not one of us, like, one of the people <laughs> in the <laughs> No, but, like, it was just the least romantic thing. If there was, like, anything, like, that was just like, all right, well, I'm never doing this again. It just seemed corny. Never say never. I thought it would be fine. But anyways, yeah. So. Yeah. What was the point? We're just talking about we're stuff perfect. where, yeah, we're definitely not perfect. We're working on it. Uh, and I think the fact that we're both willing to keep working is a big yeah. part of why it works. So. Yeah. So our, um, if you haven't listened to our story, we'll sum it up very, very quickly. Kirby has a degree in marketing and finance. I married him because he was not a chiropractor and he had a skill set that I knew I would need. Um, I'm joking. I fell in love with you. But um, so then when... I started, when we started the practice right away, you know, I didn't work for anyone else, um, but he still had a lucrative corporate job. Mm -hmm. And then as the chiropractic business started to grow, that, this is back in the day where like uh, remote working was. Oh yeah. I was like a pilot program. just too much of a risk for Thomson Reuters to take on. They're like, I don't know about this whole remote working thing. So 
he transitioned out of corporate America and into full-time running the business. Did we have a kid yet? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, when I went full-time, because I was doing freelance consulting for that same company and a couple other companies in 2012 and 2013 and 2014. Oh, okay. I think I stopped doing even part-time consulting probably three years ago. Yep. So... Um, so now for the last, however many years, say the broad five, six, mm-hmm. seven ish, um, we have the role of parenting two girls, mm-hmm. six and eight and doing a podcast together Yep. and running a business, running a, a business. Business. Mm-hmm. Do we have, do anything else together? And, and we're married. Uh, and we're married. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. So um, in our roles, like I'm definitely the visionary. I'm a three. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby is definitely the, what's the other one? In, not the innovator. The, what's that Implementer. Implement. I thought it started with an I. I want to say executioner because I execute <laughs> things. You, but I don't think that. that means that. You're that. So like typically if Kirby gets a a wild idea for something um it doesn't really matter unless i the visionary agree with it type of thing so we have a role i think a good example is like the podcast when you wanted to start it you had like the idea of i want to do this i think it would be fun and within a week (laughs) i knew how to produce and record a podcast we still need to do an episode on podcasting because i get oh shoot somebody sent me a dm Asking like, hey, would you mind like talking to me about starting? I'm thinking about starting a podcast. It wasn't a chiropractor. It was mm-hmm. somebody local, but I just never replied. But I didn't mean to not reply. Yeah, it that's, just, it's hard. Just I do the same thing. Um, but yeah, we do need to do a podcast on starting a podcast because that's a whole different thing. Not today's topic, though, Kirby. Don't get me sidetracked. I'm not saying anything. Oh, we haven't done a listener highlight. Oh, do you have one? Or prayed. Yeah. Well, we aren't into it yet. It's not oh like you said, like, number gosh. one is. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. Let's get this show Everyone on the is road. just, like, looking down, like, oh, Jesus, we're 930 into this thing. And they well, I mean, there started. have been episodes where. Oh, yeah. I, I think your longest is, like, 17 or something before you got past the prayer. <laughs> are you Mark Marin? Are you going to start talking All about right. coffee? Okay. Let us do the listener highlight. So this one is Caitlin W. It's not. A Google or not a iPod, i Apple review. It's not an Apple review, um, but it was the first half of a question submission. So it says, "Hey, Dr. Lauren, I'm a massage therapist and will graduate from Acu in Chinese medicine in April. Even though I'm not a Cairo, I find your podcast very informative and real. Any woman that can cuss during a prayer is my type of person. I mean, I don't try to cuss. You don't even have to try. It's how good you are. It just sometimes I mess up." And it needs... It's not messing up. Yeah. It's all part of the thing. All right. So speaking of that, before we go into our our meat and potatoes of boundaries around relationships, like whatever this says, like how to cohabitate and run, wear all the hats. How to, how to keep the spark alive while working together. How to... This is a workshop in the title. And keep a spark, but not let your hats on fire. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Should we pray? Sure. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) 
Dear God, uh, thank you for bringing us together again here. Um, thank you for this relationship and the lessons it teaches us. Um, help us to continue to focus on lifting each other up and lifting the marriage up. Um, because in that work, uh, we become better people and we become less uh, less I and more us, uh, which always points us to you. Uh, help anyone out there who is struggling with relationship issues. Uh, hopefully this is helpful words and they can hear how much we care about them and how much we want to just share a message of light and love with everyone. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So when I was thinking about like, why is working and parenting and being married together? Like what's the root of why it's so difficult? But ultimately I came up with like two main reasons and I'd be interested to hear like, so one is just like, you just talk to each other different. There is a completely, like mm-hmm. I would never talk to an employee or friend the way that like you feel comfortable talking to your spouse when you're stressed mm-hmm. or they mess up or like they didn't do something or whatever. Yeah. And then the other thing is that you're always freaking together. Just like always. And every problem is an us problem, whether it's school, the kids doing something at school or like we don't know what we're making for dinner or yeah, or I think firing that, an employee, like everything is like dust. Yeah, dust. I think that's the big thing is the energy from one area carries over into the other mm-hmm. and there's no like place for it to necessarily dissipate mm-hmm. is like if you had normal separate jobs and I think some of the stuff we'll talk about is helpful for people who have completely separate jobs too. But like this one particular to parenting and working together and, you know, being married is the idea that you can have a bad morning in the morning with the kids and say, I'm not, I'm focused on my laptop or something and I'm not doing enough to get the kids out the door and you're frustrated with me. If you had a separate job, you wouldn't go to work and then also be mad at your coworker who had nothing to do with that. Well, right. you would, but most people <laughs> wouldn't. would not. You would, you would have that separation. You yep. would go, now I'm at work. Now I'm with my coworkers. I'm upset about that, but it's not Jess's fault. Right. You know, but with us, the next person you have to interact with at work might be me. And instead of being able to like stop that line and go, okay, that's done. Now we're in work mode. Where are we at on the new paperwork that you're designing, Kirby? It's like, that better be done because you were on that laptop all morning and I'm hoping you were working on that paperwork because I had to get the kids snow pants on by myself. So I feel like that leads us to actually one, my first point, which is a big one and it's, it's boundaries. So it's tough because boundaries are so messy. I hate when somebody talks about boundaries as if they are this like clear line, Mm -hmm. because I honestly feel like I wouldn't have too much of a problem on some days, like getting in a fight with you in the morning and then going to work and being like, Hey, so did you finish that? And like Carrie's like, but that doesn't sound healthy either. Like that just sounds like a sociopath. And that's the thing is you might be in that of like, you get into get stuff done mode, but I might still be wounded from the thing you said her, right before. Yeah. Is that a, Emotionally wounded is probably the nicer way. Right. But yeah. So what, what is your opinion on 
So like when I've read about boundaries within relationships, it is a lot of times the articles are saying like, it's not practical to say that like, when you get home at 5.30, there's no more work. Leave work at work. Because, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, well, I'm adjusting. And we need to have a conversation about this. And I'm not going to have a conversation about it in front of the employees or I don't have time. So mm-hmm. it isn't going to be. But, like, I do think it's okay to have, like, soft boundaries, like, dinner time. Like, mm-hmm. our family does dinner at the dinner table. We don't have tablets or phones and you know like that's a boundary that we do actually yeah I I think it's I think it's uh starting with some idealized boundaries but then also being human so like we have that thing of you know we we don't sit in front of the tv for dinner we we talk um but when you walk in the door I do ask you like how your day went and we might get into a conversation about an issue at work and it might. Well, yeah. Cause a lot of times if there's an issue at work, I like. Yeah. You wouldn't comes. be able to leave it and you'd be sitting there at dinner kind of brooding and it's like, well, sometimes you just need to get it out a little bit or sometimes you don't need to talk about it and you need to spend 10 minutes alone. If there were real rigid stuff of like, we talk about business after the girls go to bed, then I get a download from you that would interfere with because you're not a robot. You can't like right. shut it off. Um, but Would then- it be a better idea? Because I feel like we're kind of already doing this. So, you know, in a normal work setting, I, at the end of a shift, debrief with the staff mm-hmm. of like, hey, what happened there? That was a cluster or like, oh, good job grabbing that testimonial. But then like, because you're home, like the kids need to be picked up. I don't get home until like 545. Kids have to be picked up by 530. Dinner needs to be started. Um, It's not like you zoom in on that. Yeah, because that's while I'm cooking. But is it fair that you and I don't have five to 10 minutes when I get home to debrief? Like, would that help the rest of the night be kind of like work is done now? Of like, you know, that opportunity of like, okay, so tomorrow this, this, and this gets handled. But it's hard because you walk, I walk in and the girls are like, mom, and like dinner's starting. But like, so I guess I'm asking the question of like, do you, do we make it more rigid of like, hey, we give them kisses and love and like, hey, mom and dad need 10 minutes to be like wrap up the work day. And then we're here for you or like- I would say personally for us. And so this is something I can make into a broader point. Personally for us, I don't think it's a, if it was a big problem for us or something that we were seeing consistent issues in, then bringing in structure to try out, to fix a problem makes sense. Um, I think there are days where you walk in and I go, how was it? And you go, it was great. Had three RFs, killed them. And we go right into it. Sometimes it's a bad day. If we were having consistent problems in that in-between time, um, I would say putting more rigidity around it would be smart. And that's kind of what a lot of planning systems and planners, uh, what was the one that we did, Free to Focus? Um, Mm -hmm. They talk about like setting out your day. And people get so attached to that of like, oh, it's going to be this. And then at like 4.15, I stop that and I move into that. But even in those, they say, this is an idealized start point to then react to. So you use this to try and structure your day, but then you find out what actually works and you give yourself grace. But it's just all so messy. So like Mm -hmm. if we were going to improve, so like we'll talk shop at the gym. Yep. Is that okay? 
I think so. I mean, is it causing a problem? Or if I was well, getting it's upset. annoying when you ask me what we're doing for dinner when I'm in the middle of a shift. Yeah, so that's a thing. <laughs> like, if, if that's a if that's a problem, but like, I think it's kind of the thing of we know each other quite well. We're like Sabbath. We are. <gasps> this goes to my second point, by the way. Oh, okay. So if we are, do you want to transition into? Well, let's transition. So um, the second point is deeply knowing each other, knowing. Each other's tells, knowing how they talk when they've had a stressful day, how they need you to show up for them when they've had a stressful day, how they show up when they're energetic. Do they want you to celebrate? Like, just like really understanding your spouse mm -hmm. and knowing them. Yeah. And so to, to kind of mix it with the last one and bring it into this, like, I know you well in this, uh, I'll, I'll put myself in this bucket too. Like I know when we're doing our Sabbath and we're not supposed to have any phones and we're not supposed to do any work. If you get a great idea during your meditation or during reading or just sitting around for you to not by rules, be able to go and like write that down, it's going to keep kicking around your head all day. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Like, it, well, it's not in the rules to do that. We both do it of like, we have a little notepad or whatever. If we get a great idea, we write it down to talk about after sundown or the next day or whatever. So knowing where some of those pressure release valves are. So you set the boundaries, but you also have to know like where they can be mildly porous when they're not damaging the, the spirit of why they were set up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you just have a different, productivity cycle mm -hmm. than I do and I have a very different productivity cycle than you do and so like again you know one of the things that for instance you've learned about me is to not get too worried if I have kind of like a moment of like uh grandiose of like and we could do this and then what if we did this it's like mm -hmm. you know not feeling like you need to put the brakes on in that moment. And that actually is not a good time to put the brakes on yep. and to kind of let it meld naturally, ask some questions. Um, but that took time and a lot of conflict to mm -hmm. learn. Um, and I think that's part of it gets underlying. All of this is going to be communication. So like if we had those times where you had a big, bold idea and I got scared because I'm thinking, how is this going to get implemented? Or how does this work with everything? And I just black hat it and just shut it down or nitpick it to death. Then you get upset with me and don't feel heard. But those things are learned in the conversation after the fight or after the disappointment. Like you need to be able to either fight effectively or debrief in a way that goes like, and those are some of the conversations we've had of like, I just, I just wanted you to celebrate an idea with me, not immediately go into executioner mode and tell me why I was, why it wouldn't work. Right. Like, so you need to have those conversations after so that I know for the next time to go, okay, just listen, ride the roller coaster with her. If it's still going in a couple of days, then we'll talk details. You're jumping around my list. Now oh my you're God. talking about communication and expectations, which is number three. And we haven't finished knowing each other yet. <laughs> See, we're learning. Will you please follow the rules of the podcast? Okay. So, yeah. So 
Okay, hold on. Let me make sure I have all my notes on knowing each other. Okay, I guess, I guess we're fine. So yes, communication and expectations. Number three, I mean, this is the point number one of like talking to each other. First and foremost, you don't need to learn about your spouse in order to know how to talk to someone like a human. And that's, that's really hard when you're just under so much stress. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, there is this like, do we have to talk? Do I have to be politically correct all the time around my spouse? Like, when do I get to be an asshole? And is the answer never? Because I don't get to be an asshole to the kids. You definitely don't like that. <laughs> no, I, I do not like that. I think the answer is letting the steam off is, is okay. But I think the, the goal is always to get better from that and to have less of it. I don't think the idea is ever like, going into it with the idea of like, oh, I'm excited. I get to hurt someone or be mean. Well, no, I'm not a crazy person. Um, but like when it comes to communication and expectations with this multiple hats, mm -hmm. I feel like so much hurt comes from, I had an expectation of you. I didn't communicate that expectation of you so now i'm upset that you didn't meet the expectation and that i'm I lashing didn't know i out. had yeah so how what would be your advice for like for cleaning that up it, the most useful tool i can think of for that is one of the most useful tools in communication overall is Brene brown's the story i'm telling myself because it pulls back the direct blame so what you want to say in that emotional moment is you were supposed to get that done. Like you put your bad feeling on me. And but what if you were supposed to get that done? Here's the thing. It's an honest question. It depends on what was communicated earlier. And I think in general, not to put myself on any kind of pedestal, but like if I said I was going to get it done and I didn't get it done and you call me on not getting it done... I will usually apologize, own, and or tell you why it wasn't done and when it's going to be done. So if I'm truly at fault, I'm decently good at owning that. Mm -hmm. But if it's like a, you thought I understood that it needed to be done before this, but actually you had a different conversation with someone else on the team on when you wanted it done. And then you said, can you get that done this week? And what you meant was Tuesday morning and you're mad. The thing that the story I'm telling myself can do is it, it allows space for you to say that I'm feeling an emotion and here's why. And it allows me to correct any misunderstandings without it being a direct accusation either way. Mm -hmm. So if you say the story I'm telling myself is that you aren't prioritizing the business right now. I, you got your workout in this morning and that was more important to you then getting the thing done on Tuesday, which you knew how important it was to get it done on Tuesday morning. And you just aren't, don't have your head in the business right now. That allows me to go, okay, I totally understand that. I understand why you might feel that way. Um, just so you know, the story I'm telling myself is that I should hop to whenever you want. And that 
I should be ready to work whenever you want to work. And I'm a lackey versus like someone you have these strategic conversations with. Then we can both go, oh, gosh, no, I didn't. That's not mm-hmm. what I meant. I I obviously want to help you out. I just didn't even know Tuesday was the deadline. Like I wasn't knowing that mm-hmm. it was supposed to be done Tuesday morning and then chose to go work out and work on a different project. Like it diffuses that a little bit without mm-hmm. putting me on the defensive. Right. Definitely. And I mean, I do think that having, you need to have organized time to have these conversations, not in front of the team. Too. Like, yeah. it's like if you are the CEO and you're the COO, whether you're both working in clinic or one is working out of clinic, like expecting the team meeting to be everything. Oh yeah. Is not like No, and in a corporation it's not that way. The CEO and the COO have their private debrief, then they go to meet with all the senior vice presidents and, you know, mm-hmm. do a united front, but it's not like they're hashing out big strategic vision in yeah. front of I think that, you know, with our team meeting being on Tuesdays, I think that you and I should like actually designate like a a time Mm -hmm. on Monday where it's like, okay, this is our business hat time. Or maybe it's not even that. Like, are we allowed? Because we're kind of doing it now where I fill out my passion planner. Yep. Where it's like, okay. And this is probably the most realistic thing where it's like, you know, I fill out my passion planner for the week. And so you see any podcast interviews I have, you see any lunches that I've agreed to with other people. Um, you see when the cleaning lady's coming, you know, mm-hmm. you see when I'm working out. And then, you know, because I'm the one who has the more rigid schedule with adjusting. Yep. And then it's kind of like, okay, so who's your lunch with? Oh, okay. Do you need to da da da? Or like, okay, who yep. are you interviewing on Friday? Who's that person? Do you need me to pull any questions? Like and then I... working out on Tuesday do you want company? Are you going to go to the gym or do you want to work out together? Like, yeah. And, and I can add in the things that I know I need from you. So like I can look at your schedule and go, okay, you're recording an interview on Friday. I need an intro for the interview you did last week. Do you want to record that on Friday as well? It would help me if you did it earlier in the week. I see Tuesday morning looks fairly open. Could you do it then? Mm -hmm. Like it allows us to interact. It'd be a lot nicer if you do it digitally. But since you don't do things digitally. I am not a digital person. I like my passion planner and color coding. And But yeah, like, I don't think that what we need is, you know, like, I think we just need a team meeting. Like, you and I as a team and yep. all the hats we're wearing of just like, and we're kind of already doing it, but just like, okay, let's make sure we keep doing that. Because I think I realize how... How much that clears up expectations mm-hmm. of one another for the week. It clears up, you know, a lot of communication stuff because it's visual. Mm-hmm. You can visual. Well, and I think one thing that we don't do well is we, so we've started that process. You've given me your schedule. I adapt around that, add a thing here or there, meld some stuff together. Um, I think a thing that's missing is, I think you probably glance at my schedule on my computer, but like we also don't talk about what I'm planning on doing for the week. So that because that's the other thing, too, is I'll I'll fill a schedule. And this is where like the 
make your ideal and then adapt. I'll fill the schedule of my week and then our Tuesday team meeting will happen. And as the executioner, as I've so titled myself, <laughs> when we decide Don't like, think that's what it's called. forms need to be changed online. No one knows how to do that but me. We need to run new Facebook ads. People can get it most of the way there, but I have to get that across the goal. Like, mm-hmm. So there's things that become time sensitive and that didn't I didn't realize. Yeah, so to... like I filled every hour of the day. And then we get a call from the bus garage saying that <laughs> Our kids your can... youngest is no longer allowed on the bus. So and, now I'm uh... picking up a kid every day from two. That line is so long. I have to like get there at 245 and I'm not driving out till She's like 3.15. I love her so, so much. But like, and what would... Like, what would happen if they called me and said, like, she can't take the bus? I'd be like, 245? I started seeing patients at 250. Like, that ain't going to work. Like Parents make it work. You find someone who can pick up your kid. It's really, I mean, that I'm reminded every time that we have something that happens where the kids can't go to school because they were within 800 yards of someone with COVID or whatever and they have to stay home. It is a huge headache for us, but I cannot imagine single parent households or... People who both have jobs that no one can take two weeks and work from home, like, so, so I blessed. was, I, when I was, like, gathering information for this and getting ideas, I was looking at, um, something popped up about, like, divorce rates in couples that work together. And in it, first of all, it was saying, like, working together is not a new thing. Like, this is not, like, I feel like we're in this all, like, everyone's an entrepreneur and, like, side mm-hmm. hustle. Like, this is not new. People have been running a farm together. Oh, yeah. People have been running mom and shop. Mom, pop, mom and pop shops. But late night. <laughs> <laughs> like, so working as husband and wife together is not a new thing. Yeah, most, I guess, when you think about it that way, most of history was cooperative working and then industrial revolution comes along and men go off to the factory and women might go like be secretaries for a while. And then now we get to modern times where both can have careers like, yeah, relative to history, separate careers is a new phenomenon. And the divorce rate is actually crazy high for separate careers. Oh, really? Not to make anybody listening who has separate careers feel bad or anything like that. But like it was saying that 48 percent of marriages end when you have two individuals that are like oh like high power independently career like my career is important and your career is important but like where you start to see it drop way below average because like the national average is like 30 ish percent or whatever um where you do start to see it below the smallest amount is actually um in like what I would consider our category where it says like the female has the breadwinning job and the male supports that. So that's what they, they don't talk about it in like unemployment versus employment. They talk about it in, which I loved the wording, you know, cause like you're employed, you work, but like you have taken a support role. Yes, It's when both neither individual is taking the support role that the divorce rate's like 48%. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... But the lowest percentage is like 7%, 7 point something percent when the when the mm. male is supporting the female. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Lord knows I need a lot of There's support. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> How we haven't had an episode of just like, um, what's it called? Not a confrontation. 
where like intervention an intervention of like all my loved ones i don't know but anyways okay we're on okay so we've talked boundaries mm -hmm. we're talking about knowing each other mm -hmm. um and we've talked about communication so number four is kind of like two mashed into one Okay. Figure out your priorities and then set your goals based on those pri priorities and like go after those goals together. Mm -hmm. So this kind of comes back to like the marriage mission statement that we've talked about in previous episodes. But um, I think we can improve on this because I don't feel like you get any, you don't get to celebrate when like Blue Hills does something good. Like, Yeah, I, well, we talked about this the other day because we had a really great January coming off a really great December. So like our team is doing great. Um, we're trying new things. They seem to be working and you know, we hit a numbers goal and you wanted something to, to celebrate. So mm -hmm. you got a really cool coat and it's amazing. And I'm super glad that you got it. But yeah, there's, I think when that happened, there was a tinge of like, well, I helped too. Like, and you did, but also the thing I said to you too, is like, with me being fairly practical and behind the scenes and in the numbers, I know what debts we have to pay. And I know the status of all accounts. And I also know how much we're putting into retirement and mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, like we're investing in our kids future. So there's like a satisfaction there of like, yes, the business is doing good. And when the business does good, we have more money to put into kids' college funds and retirement funds. Oh, and that's how you want to use your bonus checks to put into our... No, like, so how can we improve? Um, because, you know, even with, like, the podcast, I feel like, you know, with, with me being the talent mm -hmm. in both the podcast and the clinic. Yeah, I okay? am adjusting no one. Yeah, you are a terrible adjuster. I'm a decent adjuster, I just can't assess. You said I was decent. That was something nice I told you because I had a rib out on vacation and I said, good job, honey. Um, anyways, so like I'm the talent. So how does, how do we get you to feel, how do we celebrate this together? Like, you know, if you're the director and I am the star, mm -hmm. how do we feel like the movie got the the Oscar and not like leading actor did. I think part of this goes back to like knowing your spouse. So like this is going to make you uncomfortable, oh, but you know that like words of affirmation are big to me. <sighs> yeah. So like actually said like not just, and here's a big thing is um, with people who words of affirmation is their thing. You talking about them to other people means zero to them. Even if they if, can overhear it. If they can overhear it, it helps a little. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like it would be, it, I think it's the acknowledgement to them that they were essential. Um, you did a really good job on Facebook ads in January. Thank you. But does that really mean anything? Like, I mean, it's, I agree. It actually I, does. It like, does. Yeah. Because like, I mean it. It's not like I don't mean it. Like, I you know. killed it on Facebook ads. Like. We saw more new patients in January than when I worked my ass off for like a vision event and blah, blah, blah to get 40 women in our area to come. But like, um, huh. But I mean. So I think it's, yeah, it, it, in, to make it a so general So I get point, a leather jacket and you get a you did a great job on Facebook ads. I think a sincere 
a sincere acknowledgement is great. Bear Kirby. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a new driver soon, and I might get a new meditating headband. But <laughs> no, I think celebrating celebrating with gifts in and whatever way the person sees it the most. So like if you know to make it more point for listeners of like. If you are working on something together. Wait, are people listening? I thought this was just about it's us. Just right us. <laughs> oh, I should probably turn it on. Yeah, we haven't been recording. All right. Um, no, I think knowing what what your partner, how they receive love and giving that to them that way. Hmm. Okay. But like, okay. But still also, I, I think mutual celebration of things too is to make it feel like a team thing. Because if it is... It kind of goes back to like, we didn't really have clear expectations as to like, what were we trying to accomplish together? Well, with the business is hard because we, you know, as business partners, we do have goals. Like we yes. exceeded our goals for January. So we should do something to commemorate that. And I know that can be tough, especially for threes who are always so forward looking. Mm -hmm. Like when, and I don't mean to like throw shade at you or anything, but when we were moving clinics and I was like, we should go and like say goodbye to the old clinic and like reflect on how all the work we did and how great it was. You were like, yeah, no, we have a new building. And I was like, but we built this thing together and we should commemorate that. And like, didn't we though? No, we never went back. Well, I mean, I was adjusting there and saying goodbye to it all that week. Like as far well, as was it, moving out. And, and that's what I'm saying is, is there's the, you can each, and I did the same thing on my own of mm -hmm. like, I was moving some of the last stuff out and had to clean some stuff and move a desk out. So like, I got to like have those moments. I think it's the, that, and that's where it might be different of, um, individual workers. Like if you just had a coworker, you and Jess didn't need to go there together to like reflect on the space, but as business owners and spouses to go like, this was five years of our life. Like mm -hmm. we did this together. This was amazing. This was a risk for our family that we took and it paid off and it was great. And now we're on to the next thing, like pausing and doing those things together is a way to keep you from getting into too much. Like, uh, you can be very business focused when you're just focused on the numbers, which is a normal corporate environment of like CEO and COO are kind of friends, but ultimately like, let's get down to brass tacks. Like where are we going next? Right. So I feel like we have a lot of that. Yep. And a lot less of that. Like we have some we traditions like champagne we when we, you know, hit certain things, but but we, you know, I don't think we even did that for January, so. Uh, my jacket was too expensive. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're going to have to work on that because mm -hmm. you're right. I think that is a part that is, like, missing from, like, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be expected if we were not sleeping together. But we are. And so we do need that emotional aspect of the business too so mm -hmm. okay all right we'll work on it well and to the point overall about goals is there's different there's different goals that need to be thought of in different ways so we talked about marriage mission statement and stuff in the past and that's a big big overarching one mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't like when need, we die this was our goal as a couple. yeah and it doesn't need to enter that's that's the knowing what hat you're wearing at what time thing can get a little bit tricky so we can talk about that our lives are supposed to be in service to each other and our children and our community and pointing towards god but if we're in a meeting about what ads we're going to run next week 
you don't run it through the filter of like, does this ad about ear infections point to God? Like you can run it down the chain, but like, that's a tricky, that's one of those boundary things of like knowing what hat you're wearing at what point, but also being able to at different time intervals, like those things are maybe check in every month or three months Mm -hmm. type of like, where are we as a marriage? Where are we working towards as a family? Versus like you might have much shorter business meeting goals. Can of we going, do this? Yeah, I would love okay, to. Okay, but here's the deal. Hold on. We told them, I'm the visionary. You're the executioner. So can you please make this happen? Like, I'm not the logistics person who's going to like be like, okay, we're doing this. Because I'm going to come home and be like, no, I just want to watch Shit's Creek or The Bachelor. Terrible shows. I know. You think so. So, yes. So I think this is good. I think we need to be more clear about our goals. Mm-hmm. Getting Ty back on the bus. Yes. Goal one. Goal one. Get her to stop punching kids in the mouth. Goal two. Shouldn't talk back to her. Oh, my God. You know, my only like thing is that people listening are probably like, oh, man, I bet she's like just cut from the same cloth as Lauren. I was not like this. When you look at our kids, Charlie's the more respectable one. I was that kid. I was a yeah, kid. I was more like Ty as a kid. Yes, your parents throw you under the bus all the time. They're like, oh my God, the bus, not the bus, but like, yeah, <laughs> I want to throw Ty under the bus. Um, but yeah, no, this comes from you. Mm-hmm. But it does give me hope because, like, she's been so not, I'm like legit going, like, is she going to be like, you hear about like these very Christian middle class parents whose kid is in jail and you're like is that is she gonna go to jail she's not gonna she, although you keep telling her, her she's gonna get taken am, away from us okay listen first of all you won't let me give her a spanking which i agree it hasn't worked in the past like fine but nothing else is getting through to her so Forgive me if after her like sixth day of like being aggressive and a mean person that I imply that kids can go to jail and I would really miss her and I think she would miss living with our family and I don't want her to be taken away from us and I squeak out a tear. And you know what? It didn't even traumatize her. That was the thing is like I was prepared as I was telling her that lie that if she like if that really resonated and she freaked out that I would be like well honey it's not like they would take away a kindergartner it's more like if you're 15 or whatever she just kind of like she got a little sad but it was just like she was like well I guess if it comes down to that that's gonna suck I'm just like this (laughs) child I don't know how so keep trying new tactics okay we've got two more these are the easier ones um number five is Showing appreciation and letting go of tit for tat. And the idea that, like, all things are 50-50. Yeah, that's a scorekeeping is one of the biggest signs of a troubled relationship or that it's going to be. Like in things that I've read, if you are, and, and people do it all the time, and they have a skewed view of it. So you've heard of, like, the marriage study of when they ask, like, who does more or work? Oh, I'm sure everybody like, thinks that they do more. Work. Yeah, the average was like the average person thought they did like 67% of the housework. Everyone said they did more than half of the work or whatever mm-hmm. they're talking about. Because you live in your head all day. Mm-hmm. So like you see all the stuff you do. You don't notice the... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said notice, I knew we were going to talk about we notice. 
Does anyone watch that SNL skit with? with I feel uh, like we're the only people because every time we will reference, no, we notice. We don't notice. Nobody like laughs, and I'm like, no. Kristen. Mc- Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yep. Funniest lady on the planet. Anyways. Anyway. Um, yeah. The the tit for tat thing is is too of like you don't. Um, there's so much you don't see of what the other person does. There's so much they're carrying that you don't know about. And who's to say what's more important? So like people who are more out in the workplace, making more of the money, you know, can point to something and go, I brought in this amount of money that feels more important. That's what our society values. But then every Hallmark movie and every book and every religion says, you know, taking care of your children, taking care of your spouse, taking care of your community is the most important thing. So the person who's at home more or manning the home front can go like, none of that matters. I'm doing this. And they can justify Mm -hmm. that way. Like you can't quantify in any meaningful way. And the wheel doesn't turn without everyone pushing together. Yeah. So. And I mean, there are times where, I mean, it absolutely just kind of flows um, where even though I am the one who's at work and doing all this, like times where I'm just not in the mood to be a leader mm-hmm. and it's like you step in and then there are times where you're not in the mood to parent and it's like, it's just, you have to have that flexibility, but it comes down to trust that the other person's not going to take advantage of you and that the other person's not lazy. Yeah. I think there's trust and um, so much stuff that I talk about, I guess, comes back to like getting out of the mind of the self of if you're thinking of ideally a marriage and parenting together as a group mission of, and I would say even on any like team, if you know what the goal is and you know that, and you can trust that the people you're with are going to over the long term put their best effort towards the shared goal. So if I'm on a baseball team and one so day hard for me though, I just don't innately trust that anybody works as hard as me. Well, and they Except for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is they may not work as hard, but they may bring or as good or, depending on or definition smart. of good. Yeah, definitely not going to agree with it or as smart, but um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Cause that's the thing is you, what you bring is energy and sometimes that energy and action and, action, and, and drive some, and sometimes and those ideas. things are misguided Correct. or you can send an entire team running down the wrong alley Correct. just by action. So what other people bring, you need to trust that in the long term, while people may lack action, what they might have is prudence. What? and I don't even know what prudence means. Uh, making wise decisions and knowing when to make them or knowing when to sit back and when non-action is the best action mm. or mm-hmm. trusting and waiting and seeing. Mm-hmm. So like that's been a thing we've talked about with our team of that we aren't going to do, you know, giant changes or chase every rabbit that we see because it's been a problem in the past we're going to focus on a few key things we're going to try them out for a few months and then we're going to assess so that we can find out what actually works and what doesn't because in the past we have gone action heavy and tried a big event this way and then a big giveaway and then a big that and it's like well i'm not sure exactly why one did or didn't work we didn't really do anything consistently Mm -hmm. to get any data 
So that's the trusting the team thing. And it's with a marriage and with parenting too, of knowing that if you're down and you see the other person kind of pick up the ball for that day, um, and knowing that if you're the one picking up the ball, that you're not going to have to carry it alone forever. Because when you get in that mindset, that is when you get into tit for tat thinking. Mm -hmm. That's when you get into very like, I deserve thinking. And I think that's a really dangerous place to be in any role at any time. Like just spiritually, if you are spiraling in, I deserve Mm -hmm. and people don't, don't know, it goes back to like, it's better to like seek to understand than seek to be understood. It's better to serve others and try and focus on what others need and it will fill your soul and round out who you are better than thinking of egoically going like, well, I did this and no one saw it. Yeah. You know, type it's of thing. It's the phrase that was in the sermon this weekend of like, God didn't intend for us to be happy. He intended for us to be holy. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's a gut punch. I want to be happy. You know, like I am entitled to pursue happiness by the law it's it's in our constitution well then i would also argue like what's true and lasting happiness so we talked about like the experiencing versus the remembering self like lasting happiness is through studies and for what every great religion points to lasting happiness and true deep joy where it like resonates throughout the day versus like experientially like i not to beg I don't on you, think like, you understand how long my leather jacket and Louis Vuittons will last. <laughs> like, I will die and they will be heirlooms. Mm. So They'll never turn to that's dust. That's what you mean by lasting happiness, right? Like, they will outlive me. How more lasting happiness do you expect? Okay, before you get off on this whole, like happiness thing. I knew it would distract you. I'm like, oh, no, don't even say it. Okay. So last one. Wait, and it's the did most we do one. this one? It's the last one I'm oh, doing. Oh, that's the last one? Oh, you circled around. Okay. Yeah, I circled around. I did them in order of importance and also you kind of were like skipping ahead. So I had to like try and keep the flow. So like this was an organized I like podcast. threads that run through all things yeah, instead of discrete boxes. You know, sometimes as the podcast interviewer, you have to really like work hard to like keep your guest on, mm-hmm. on track. So... Rain it in, Brunswick. Okay, last one is, um, oh, hold on. I had an idea, and I don't want to forget it. Okay. It's not a real idea, but it was more of, like, a funny idea of, like, so we keep talking about wearing all these hats, but, like, communicating and, like, knowing your spouse and when they're in like, off. a photo for the What if, gram? like, literally we had hats? We're like, it was like, okay, we're taking off our business hat and we are putting on our spouse hat for the rest of the night. And then be like, parenting hat. Oh, quick, hold on, let me change. I think it would communicate a lot of like, oh, she's in parenting mode. That worry on her face, mm-hmm. it has to do with parenting, not. I'm just getting into like, I'm doing the thing of like the details of like, okay, so top hat, obviously, and monocle for mm-hmm. business conversation. Um, Party hat for when we're going to have fun. What's a party hat? Like the little triangle. Triangle? Oh! Like, see, I was thinking like a reggae hat with like the fake dreads. Oh, that'd be a party that hat. Be party that hat. works. Or like one of those <laughs> helmets with the beer cups and the straw thing. That's my work hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. A... That's my parenting hat. Yeah, I was trying, that's what I was trying to go to. Is like, what's a parenting hat? 
I have that oh. hat from Ireland. Maybe that makes me look serious. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not a very serious parent. True. Anyways. So the last one is kind of along the lines of just having fun with each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so a lot of times you'll see, like, make sure you get date night in. And sometimes date night just feels like another to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, let's find a babysitter and we'll go out to dinner. And we can't talk about because we're on a date night. And like, but, um, and I do think that you should prioritize making sure that dates are happening. Yeah. But like, just figuring out like when to laugh with each other. I think that comes into a couple aspects of both when people think date night, I feel like people get like kind of that rigid Sexy. thing of like, yeah, like it's got to be romantic. We have mm -hmm. to go to a dinner and then like there's expectations for the end of the night. It's like dates can be goofy and silly they can be play board games they can be unless it's scrabble then it gets serious because lauren hates the way i play scrabble and she always you beats me play defensively you will literally like you will do a three-letter word that only gets you seven points just to block a triple letter play like that's not that's a valid way to play no it's not it is not a cohesive team i'm okay with you making a offensive moves that get you lots of points even if they're only like three letters like that's okay but like when you're playing defensively to like block me that is not it's not how you play scrabble so scrabble is clearly not a not date how, night thing it's for not us how you play scrabble i we will take a vote anyway laughing yeah i think the the ability to have a silly date night um and just the idea of opening up what date night is you know, like it can say more just the idea that it doesn't have to be like that romantic dinner movie. It can be it can still be watching TV if you want, but watching something completely silly. It can be, um, you know, one of those date night in a box things just to get conversations going uh, board games. Whatever you're in the mood for that day not trying to force it into some rigid box. Well, I think even trying to force incorporating, like you're thinking about date night even more rigidly than I would say, like, you know, we don't send each other memes or gifs. Like mm. those are funny. That's like true. you do that with your brother yep. and Laura and I do it with each other. And, but like, just like trying to make the other person laugh like, so often we're just, like, in this, like, hustle mode of, like, doing all this stuff. And then, like, we save our, like, fun for our best friend. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, really true. I think that we could do more of that. Because, like, there is, like, a moment where, like, when you actually make me, when you actually. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. It feels exponentially better to laugh with your spouse. Yeah, than, like, it really does. Else. So, yeah, so, you know, that was the last one. You know, just remember who remember who you fell in love with. And this could be different for everyone because, like, you know, we fell in love in college. Mm -hmm. And, like, we like to have fun together. So we try and travel and do, you know, getaways. And I think one other thing I want to say on that is, especially if you're going through, like, a super stressful time or if you're going through a hard time in your relationship, sometimes the date nights can be, like, you may not feel like doing it going into it, but it's good to do it because sometimes you can act your way into feeling versus mm -hmm. like feeling your way into acting. I always talk about this with like working out or eating healthy too. You don't, 
you don't start out going like, I really want to work out four times this week. Right. You start working out four times. I and want then to you want get, to. Yeah, you want to want to. So I think if you want to want to plan it, get it on the books, do something, do anything. And you might find that halfway through that Scrabble game, you remember why you do have fun with each other or why you're bitter, bitter enemies. You know what I do like about your, but you do it because like it, it is advantageous to you as well, is we'll be like the worst Scrabble players. We'll be like, is X U a word? <laughs> yeah, we don't do like, I'm going to lay this and see if they call me on it yeah. and then I'll have, get penalties. We're just like, is uh, quip, quipple, is quipple a word? How would you spell quipple? <laughs> Two P's? And then we look it up and we go, no. And, and the other person's not punished for it. Is or a word. It is. Yeah, sometimes it's like, ha! Zoo is a word. <laughs> well, watch me just lay 46 points, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you're, you too. You're a good partner. <laughs> you're a good partner. <laughs> Definitely. Put up with a lot of shit. I don't know if they know that or not. I don't know if... I have a feeling they get the sense of who you are. <laughs> you mean I haven't portrayed perfectness? <laughs> you're pretty great. You're, you're all right. All right. Well, happy Valentine's Day, yo. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. You had to ruin it. Valentine's Day. You had to ruin it. I hope that you... Whether you... Don't work with your spouse, whether you have kids or not, whether you have a successful business with multiple, multiple employees or it's just you. I don't know. I hope you know that, like, life is hard. Like this 20s, 30s, 40s, there's just a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff with young kids and lots of hats. So many hats. So many hats. And like, I don't know, like the idea that anybody's got this figured out. But I think the, you know, we've been married 10 years mm -hmm. and we've effed up a lot and we've learned a lot and like just kind of seeking, seeking flaws, seeking how we can improve them. And yeah, the, one of the biggest things is not expecting there to be a plateau to live on in happiness. It's it's all a journey. It's all continuing to work. And as soon as you fix one thing, it opens up light and energy for you to see another thing that also needs to be worked on too. We're just on the journey together. And as long as you're pushing the same direction. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, she slayers. So until next week, bye. Happy Valentine's. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, 
it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.